Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host Steve Z. That would be me. It is May the 2nd, 2022. It is Monday, so we're back at Studio 63. And from the Fox News folks, a Florida mom has filed suit after child was transitioned at school without mom's consent and says this is happening all over the United States of America. A Florida mother is filing suit and issuing a stark warning to parents nationwide after her transgender child transitioned at school without her consent. Florida mom and mental health professional January Littlejohn and her attorney Bernadette Broyles discussed the lawsuit and why this mom is outraged over the incident. Little John warned on Fox and Friends first on Monday, this is happening all over the nation. This same protocol is in place in many, many schools across districts everywhere, and even the guides being used to dictate these transgender support plans that cut parents out have the same language. So this is very systematic way that the parents are being excluded from important decisions occurring with their chirins. And further, social transition is a medical intervention that schools are grossly unqualified to be taking these steps without parental involvement. According to Miss Littlejohn, her child was 13 years old at the time and expressed confusion over gender during the pandemic after a group of friends allegedly transitioned to the opposite sex. This child eventually found out that the school was working on a, quote, transgender support plan, unquote, with the student. But the school initially declined to allow mom's involvement, given she was, the student was, protected by a non-discrimination law. Eventually, we did see the transgender support plan, the mother said, which was a six-page document that they completed with the student, who was only 13 years of age at the time, and it was completed behind closed doors where they asked the student questions that would have absolutely impacted her safety, such as which restroom this child preferred to use and which sex this child preferred to room with on overnight field trips, according to the mom. This comes after Republican lawmakers sent a letter to Education Secretary Miguel Cordona after a 12-year-old Florida girl reportedly attempted to commit suicide after undergoing secret gender transition talks with her school. Ms. Broyles, the attorney, says there are lawsuits in Wisconsin, Maryland, Oregon, California, and potentially other states. This is a national agenda, and parents need to recognize that they have the right to direct the upbringing, the education, the care, the medical decisions, and the mental health decisions for their children. These parents must assert that right with their school. Let me set this disgusting, sick, twisted, demented, disgusting situation with you. 
Your child is being force-fed all kinds of garbage through liberal, progressive, woke, Democrat-leaning teachers and school boards and school administrators. This is happening around our nation. The teachers are saying, well, gee, Johnny, looks like you had a tear in your eye after you watched Old Yeller die in that movie. Perhaps you have feelings, emotions that you don't know how to get out. Perhaps we can help you with that. Perhaps, as tough of a boy as you are, maybe, just maybe, you might really want to identify as a girl. We're going to help you through this. We're going to teach you that you really should be a girl and you really should consider transitioning to a girl's state. After all, you're not the biggest football player on the team or basketball player or baseball player or soccer player. But boy, if you were a girl, you could dominate the sport. Let us, the teachers and the administrators of your school, help you to transition. Oh, and don't ever tell mommy or daddy or anyone else in your family because they might not understand that you cried during this movie where the dog died and that you really need to become a girl. Don't tell mommy and daddy or they'll put a stop to this insidious plan. I mean, this wonderful plan we have for you, Johnny. And don't worry, you can transition from being Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, to Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E. Everyone's accepting transgenders now, Johnny. So why don't you not tell mommy and daddy and we'll help you on your path to the dark side of the force. That's what's happening right now in our country. It's disgusting, but it's happening. And there's not much you can do about it. Hey, you see? Naughty, nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi shaking and trembling as she walked around with Volodymyr Zelensky this weekend? That's right. Your tax dollars have gone to send the Speaker of the House of Representatives who does not have a position as a diplomat. She is not a foreign leader. She is not a domestic leader. She is certainly not someone who should be going over to the Ukraine to deal with a dictator named Volodymyr Zelensky. Listen, everybody likes old Volodymyr Zelensky. They, they think he's some kind of hero, that he's trying to liberate his country. All he's trying to do is take money from the United States of America, put it in his own pocket, and have this little skirmish with Russia because he doesn't want Russia to take over his country, his very corrupt country. Before becoming the president of the Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky was a struggling actor. He was a struggling stand-up comedian. He got into office. He greased a few palms along the way, made a few promises, and now he is the president of a corrupt nation. Think about the previous president and how gropey Joe Biden used his position as vice president of the United States under Barack Hussein Obama to extort things from that corrupt regime. After all, 
Hunter Biden, the cocaine-addled son of gropey Joe Biden, was placed on the national board of directors of the national gas company called Burisma. And when all of that was under investigation by a prosecutor who was seeking to root out the corruption and identify the corruption publicly, gropey Joe Biden not only did what I'm about to tell you, but he bragged about having done it. He said, I am going to withhold $1 billion of United States aid to your country, Ukraine, if you don't fire the prosecutor who is about to blow the whistle on my cocaine-addled son, Hunter. He says, I'm getting on a plane in six hours, and if the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. You're not getting the billion. At that time, the president of the Ukraine, another corrupt SOB, said, oh, you can't do that. You're not president of the United States. Joe Biden says, I'm doing this on his authority. You don't believe me? Here's the phone. Call him. Go ahead. Call Barack Hussein Obama. He'll tell you. This is all done with his consent and permission. It was his idea. That's how we keep my son out of the headlines in the United States. But it backfired. His cocaine-addled son with all of his hookers and blow and all of his... Oh, can I not say that? Well, sure. They've got pictures of him with hookers and... And, and cocaine and every other kind of illicit drug you can imagine. Yeah, I can say that. Okay, anyway. No, no, really, I, I can say it. I'm going to say it. I'm saying it. Hunter Biden is a drug addict. His daddy is the big guy. Taking 10% off the top of all of those corrupt business dealings between Hunter and the Ukraine, Hunter and Communist China, Hunter and Russia, and Joe Biden's own brother, little Jimmy. Jimmy Biden... Yep, he also is corrupt as the day is long. And he too is involved in some shady stuff. You notice how I said stuff? I was going to say something else, but I decided I better not. Anyway, naughty, nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi has visited the Ukraine. And she's promising something she has no authority to promise. She traveled to the Ukrainian capital over the weekend, the leading second senior American delegation to meet with Volodymyr Zelensky in one week and declare support for that country's fighting back against the Russian invasion. With each visit, the secretaries of state, secretaries of defense have traveled to Kiev this last weekend, and the promises of American commitment to Ukrainian victory appears to keep growing, even as how many United States people are saying, wait a minute, Let's take a step back from this. You're actually going to support a dictatorship against another dictatorship? You're going to support the Ukraine who refuses to join NATO, but you want NATO forces to protect your country? On Sunday, after visiting the Ukraine, naughty, nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi told a news conference in Poland, America needs to stand with Ukraine. We stand with Ukraine until victory is won. We stand with NATO. But NATO should not be defending the Ukraine because the Ukraine says they will never join NATO. Sure, they'll take our tanks. They'll take our trucks. They'll take our guns and our ammunition. They'll take our bombs and our planes. But they'll never join us. We are arming 
a communist dictatorship to fight against Putin for whatever reason. Putin has not harmed any members of our NATO alliance. They haven't come close to harming any of the NATO alliance members. Vladimir Putin knows better than to F with NATO and the United States. But you see, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, these are Democrats, warmongers, people who love to see Americans dying in battle. They've started all of these wars over the decades. And we, the people, keep falling for it. Pelosi is second in line to succeed President Gropey Joe Biden should he decide to die or should he decide to get Hillaried, you know, commit suicide with a long rifle to the back of his own head. Three shots should do it, right? Or should he be declared incompetent under the 25th Amendment? Or should his mommy, his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, who might also be his sister, depending on which one of Biden's introductions you believe, she might say, okay, Joe, time for you to retire. Let's go on off to the retirement home. And then Camel Toe Harris becomes your new president. And that moves nasty, naughty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi into the number two slot. Pelosi, second in line to succeed Gropey Joe Biden, is the highest ranking American official to visit Kiev since the war began. And I'm pronouncing it properly. K-Y-I-V. Kiev. Not Kiev. Not Kiev. Kiev. Her words supposedly carry some amount of weight, seeming to underscore an expanded view of the American and allied war goals. We have goals? Hmm. Sounds like we're going to war. The old hag's visit along with a congressional delegation, followed a joint visit to Kiev by Secretary of State A. Blinken. That's Anthony J. Blinken, but it's the initial A. Blinken. Therefore, he is A. Blinken. And Defense Secretary Lloyd J. Austin III last Sunday. Lloyd Austin caused controversy and debate afterwards when he appeared to shift the goal of the war from defending Ukraine's independence and territorial sovereignty to now weakening Russia. That's right. Even Joe Biden's underlings don't know when to shut the hell up. They keep making statements and putting us closer and closer to war. World War III is what it will amount to. And that makes the Democrats happy for some reason. Austin said last week, quote, we want to see Russia weaken to the degree that it can't do the kinds of things that it has done invading the Ukraine. Well, that sounds like a threat to me, Lloyd Austin. It implies the United States wants to erode Russian military power for years to come. You see, Tax and spend and tax and tax and tax again. And this is supposedly going to happen as long as Vladimir Putin remains president of Russia. And one positive development on Sunday, the United Nations and the International Committee of the Red Cross helped organize what was described as an evacuation of civilians 
from the Avostal Steelworks in Mariupol, where they've been huddled in masses, taking shelter with a dwindling number of Ukrainian soldiers who refused to surrender to the Russians. Between 80 and 100 civilians arrived in a convoy of buses at a a temporary accommodation center just east of the city this weekend. The evacuation appears to be the fruit of a visit to both Putin in Moscow and Zelensky in Kiev last week by the UN Secretary General, who calls the war in the Ukraine an absurdity. Gutierrez and the Red Cross have been working to get humanitarian aid and supplies of food and water to civilians trapped by the fighting as serious peace negotiations appear to be very, very far away. Joe Biden, my friends, wants this war because supposedly, by looking in the history books, he has a better chance of getting reelected if we're at war than if we are not at war. And this entire thing is a one, follow the money event, and two, they're going to get your young redneck boys killed over there in a war, and then those young redneck boys won't grow up to be conservatives. Hmm. Now, it's not just Ukraine's military that's being starved of supplies. There's a shortage of gasoline and diesel, at least for civilian use. And that stems from Russia's blockade of the Ukrainian ports and the tax on their refineries and fuel depots. Do you know what happens when a fuel depot or a refinery gets blowed up? And I said blowed up on purpose. Lots and lots of pollution goes into the air, the land, and the water from all of that spilled diesel, crude oil, gasoline, and all of the other chemicals used in manufacturing fuels and plastics. Why are we not hearing right now from the environmental nut jobs? Why are we not hearing, oh, you need to stop this war because you are polluting the atmosphere? Because it's not about polluting the atmosphere. It's about follow the money. Now, Ukrainian forces launched an attack on a Russian headquarters in the town of Izium on Saturday evening. But their top general, Gerasimov, had already left to return to Russia But over 200 soldiers, including one general, were reportedly killed on the Russian side of things. War is hell, and Joe Biden is trying his best to get us entangled directly in a military conflict. But don't worry. Naughty, nasty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi is not the only person from the United States of America to brave an overseas trip. To the Ukraine. Hollywood actress Angelina Jolie, who is supposedly a special representative of the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, made a surprise visit to the Ukraine over the weekend. Yes, my friends, as Maleficent flew over the Ukraine, she stopped in with what appeared as no makeup and her drawn face which looks like she spent about six to ten minutes too long in the birth canal on her way out of her mummy, went over there and 
made a statement. She said, this is not nice what is going on over here. Yes, another liberal California photo op for her. Strange, isn't it? Anyway, that's what's going on in the Ukraine right now, and that's the ugly truth. And unfortunately, sometimes the truth hurts. I saw a Fox News article written by Ari Fleischer, an opinion uh, column that says Joe Biden will not run in 2024. Although gropey Joe Biden reportedly told former President Barack Hussein Obama, better known as Barry Sotero, that he, Joe Biden, will run for re-election. Doesn't matter what Biden tells anyone today. What matters is what is about to happen in the United States in this November midterm season. In just about six months, the Republicans will likely win the House of Representatives and the Senate. As important as Election Day 2022 will be, what happens the very next day will be much more significant. Because that's the day that Democrats will start to turn on President Gropey Joe Biden. That is the day that the whispering campaign amongst Democrats about whether a soon-to-be 80-year-old senile dementia patient is in good enough health politically, cognitively, physically to be the man at the top of the ticket two years into the future. And all of that skepticism will burst wide open. It's inevitable. The Stop Gropey Joe Biden drumbeat will begin to grow every single day from that point on. It will get louder and more violent each day, whether it takes weeks or a few months, until gropey Joe Biden finally acknowledges reality and eventually declares he's not going to run for re-election. The note that an unpopular party on the heels of a major midterm defeat will want an unpopular 80-year-old whose health and vigor are in decline to lead it into the future is simply the stuff of fantasy. Amongst Democrats today, it might be good manners not to talk about gropey Joe Biden's cognitive decline, feebleness, mental health issues, but it's time for the Democrats to stop pretending. Joe Biden will have no choice. He will not run, according to Ari Fleischer. Democrats have never loved Joe Biden, but they did, they did love Joe Biden's ability to supposedly defeat Donald Trump. Despite losses in the first three presidential nominating contests in 2020, you might recall, he lost Iowa, he lost New Hampshire, he lost Nevada, Biden somehow went on through the puppet master maze to win the Democratic nomination because of the deep-seated desire in the Democrat halls to find a way to get rid of the highly popular, highly successful Donald J. Trump as president. And they resorted to lies and phony dossiers and false accusations, fake allegations, fake news, made-up reports, lies, lies, rumors, and innuendo. And now, recent polls are showing that Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden if the election were held today. And the amount of a victory, the percentage of victory for Trump is growing exponentially. According to a Harvard Caps-Harris poll published by The Hill, Donald Trump is now ahead of Biden by a firm six points. Even the 538 group poll shows Trump ahead of Biden by four points. 
And on the heels of a defeat in this coming November's midterms, the Democrat Party and its leaders will certainly not be thinking about a Trump-Biden rematch. On the one hand, they know that both Bill Clinton and Barack Obama came back from massive defeats in their first midterm elections to be re-elected to the White House two years later. But let's face it, Biden is no Bill Clinton, who was 50 years old at the time. He's certainly no Barack Hussein Obama, who was 51 at the time. Oh, he will remain an 80-year-old man in decline. And they will say he defeated Trump. But they'll have no choice but to admit, after the shellacking they're going to take in the midterms, I put an asterisk there, aside from any voting irregularities and cheating scandals that might occur, or will occur, it looks like Joe Biden will be getting shown the door. Back in 2019, we had 28 Democrats running for president. Remember the stupid Beto O'Rourke, Michael Bloomberg, Marianne Williamson, Andrew Yang, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris? Democrat primary debates took place over two consecutive nights because of so many Democratic candidates. By the way, Toe Harris dead last in those debates, dead last. And now she's the vice president, one heartbeat away from the presidency. Tell me the system isn't rigged. Many of those clowns, including new potential contenders, oh, can you say Alexandria Horseface Cortez? Many new Democrats will try to run, and that will begin the day after the midterm elections are called for the Republicans. The day after Election Day, the Democrats will want to start planning how and when to run, who to hire, and which donors they could line up. They know that the longer Joe Biden insists that he is running, the harder it will be for the party to organize an alternative to the likelihood of a Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump run for the White House. They know it will be hard for the party to organize behind one when there are likely going to be two dozen or more Democrats vying for the position that gropey Joe Biden is disastrously holding right now. They'll start to maneuver quickly after the election to try and save the party and the country in their opinion. They just want Biden out of the way. You might recall Elizabeth Warren, Julian Castro announcing exploratory committees in December of 2018, one month after the midterms. And then in January, five other Democratic candidates declared their candidacies or launched exploratory committees. Biden's best hope for re-election is that COVID fades, inflation recedes, the border somehow becomes closed without his doing it, and his verbal stumbles, mumbles, fumbles, bumbles, and tumbles become more rare. <laughs> Wishful thinking, old man. How long will the party wait in case these things don't happen? How long will leaders give gropey Joe Biden until the whispers that are currently going on behind the scenes become shouts, screams, and roars? I tell you, it won't be long at all. There's so much at stake in 2024, including the very possible return of Trump to the White House. The Democratic problem will be urgent as they contemplate who their strongest candidates might be. 
Could it be Mayor Pete? He better get his husband's permission. Remember, they're about to lose the House and the Senate. Do they really think a Biden in decline would be their best shot? I believe that the kingmaker who saved Biden's campaign in the 2020 primary was South Carolina Congressman Jim Clyburn. This time, he might be the king slayer. After Biden insists he's running for re-election, Clyburn, a respected elder statesman with some gravitas, will likely tell Biden that his defeat of Trump in 2020 was enough, and now it's time for another candidate without all of Biden's baggage to lead the Democrats. But Biden, Scrappy Joe from Scranton, he's a stubborn man. He's going to probably fight it tooth and nail. Maybe they'll cut off his Adderall or whatever medication they're pumping him full of, and he'll eventually agree to not run again. I predict by spring of 2023, there'll be more than two dozen candidates entering a contest, and that the party in the year 2024 will emerge with a newer, younger leader. But it's too soon to know who will win in 2024. I do know that in 2023, January, right after the new Congress run by Republicans and Republicans alone take over, Biden will be a lame duck. At least at that point, the Democrats might be able to breathe a sigh of relief. That, my friends, is all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Thanks, Ari Fleischer, for your contribution to that last piece. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing.